Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by Thomas Avenue Ceramics, who's got tons of beautiful tile options for tons of home projects. So many, in fact, that we challenge them to pick their favorites. We'll share what they said later in the episode, and don't forget to use code YHL20 to save 20% on your next order at thomasavenueceramics.com YHL. I'm John. And I'm Sherry. We like home stuff. We like talking. And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home. Today we're sharing some design choices that drive us crazy. Warning, they're weird. We also dive into a range of unexpected places to find art and the riveting conclusion to John's hunt for a big boy backpack. Hey everyone. Hi guys. I have an exciting what's new this week because it's something we actually get asked about a lot. So I thought I would share kind of three recent pieces of art or things we've framed and explain how we acquired them in many completely different ways and how the price points are really kind of dramatically different. Yeah, because we kind of owe you guys, I think, an art tour. We were talking a few months ago in a post about how we should show you around the house to say like, this is where we got this. This is where we found this because we do really kind of source from a variety of places. And I think these are kind of a good example of the weird places we come across the art that we buy. Okay, so the first one is the most expensive piece of the three that we're going to talk about. Um, A lot of places you go have art hanging. One example is there's this like restaurant locally that has artists work hung on the wall. And when you sit and eat in the booths, you can like look at the art and you can literally purchase it right off the wall if you love it. There's a coffee shop that does it here too. The place that we actually found it was at that Homerama show. You know how many years ago we did a show house for Homerama? We designed one of the homes. Yeah, just like a bunch of local builders get together and do these designer houses so people can tour and get ideas. So we went this year just as tourists, I guess. Exactly. And in one of the houses, they had all the art in the whole house was by this local painter or group of painters called Yellow Door Art RVA. And I was like suddenly very interested in the art because I was like, ooh, it's all for sale. This is a great resource. You know, you can see it hanging on a wall already in these rooms that are sort of more styled than a coffee shop or seeing it on white online, which is often how you view art online. It's just on like a white background. Well, and a lot of them were also in collections and groups of kind of like eclectic art mixes, like some were paintings and photos. And so you could also see how they could blend with a gallery wall or something as well. Exactly. We ended up discovering this one little piece. It's maybe, you know, 13 by 13 or 15 by 15, and it's framed already. And it was... $225, which is definitely not inexpensive. But what I like to factor in is how much more I'll spend on presentation. Yeah, it was a big sell for me that it was already framed and ready to go. Because like when we use that like simply frame to do that print up in our bedroom, I think the frame itself was about $100. Right. It was also around Mother's Day. So we just called it a Mother's Day gift as well for Sherry because it was of a beach, not house maybe. Yeah, it's like a little little cottage or house. And it's also kind of pinkish. So I was like, of course, Sherry has to own this. It's very cute. It kind of reminds me of the painting we got many years ago of your grandma's house that's yellow. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like a sweet, charming oil painting of a house. And I love that it came framed and I knew exactly where I could put it. It's in our office. We walked home. We did not walk home. We drove home. We walked in the office and I put it on one of the shelves in there. It's kind of leaning on one of the shelves and it's the perfect size. We'll put a picture of it in the show notes so you can see where it is. But I really think art in general is one of those things you overlook. And if you find something you love, I generally like to tell people if you can afford it like don't put it on a credit card you can't pay off but if you have the cash or the money 
I would buy it because it's hard to find art you really love. I think a lot of times we buy art to fill space and we've definitely been guilty of that and even suggested that people do that when their house feels bare because some homemade art or inexpensive mass-produced art is better than blank walls. But I think eventually as you go and you're at that like refining stage of a room, art that you really love can make so much of a difference. Yeah, that's exactly where we are, I think, in this house where we've got the walls covered. Like we don't need any wall filler right now so we don't have to like just find some temporary solutions so instead we can get to the point where we can make sure that what's up is what we like the most exactly and i think we all have different price thresholds i mean some people might say if it's under 100 i would go for it or i know others who would say under 500 and i think only over a million you know (laughs) whatever your budget if you're kanye it has to either be made of soup or garbage or be a million dollars then he's into it a painting made of soup i I feel like i'd like to see that kanye this is you would like that it would have like something weird on it. Like, remember there was a gallery in New York with urine paintings? Do you not remember no, that? No, I do not remember that. It was that. while I was in art school, and I remember all of us were like, ugh, artists. You all secretly <laughs> wanted to be that person. I know. You art schoolers. <laughs> we just were like, is that what art is now? Anyway, it was a self-expression. I'm not going to pee on the <laughs> artist's work, literally and figuratively. Well, but speaking of price ranges, our other recent discovery is on the other end of that spectrum. Right. Like, don't say, whoa, too rich for my blood, Peter Six, because actually the other two pieces of art that were around the same size that I just purchased were $8 total. They were $4 each. They already came framed. They're original oil paintings that I actually found out after I purchased them are from a gallery in Ocean City, Maryland, because they still had the gallery tags on the back. And I got them essentially from Craigslist. Isn't that Facebook Marketplace or whatever? Yeah, it's to me, they're all the same. They're like an online place you buy and sell. We did porch pickup for these. That's how little she cared about these two paintings. Yeah, she put them on a bench. We dropped the money and left. We did not ever see her face. But I'll put pictures in the show notes because I think they're so cute and perfect for the beach house. And that's kind of where I feel about art not being super expensive and meaningful to me because if there was art at the beach house that really got ruined, I'd be sad if it was a $200 painting that John got me for Mother's Day that was one of a kind and framed and sort of meaningful and valuable to me. These have value and I love that I found them, but they were $4 each. So like if some kid drops it in the toilet and it gets ruined, I'm okay with it. But that's actually more expensive than your last piece of art. Right. So speaking of the beach house art, my third place that I found art tore it out, and I'm planning to frame it myself. So this is the full DIY route is, are you ready for this? Real Simple Magazine, which I subscribed to for a year. I think I spent $12. So this magazine was $1. And I got- You're really breaking down the cost on this. I'm breaking it down, guys. And I got three pieces of art from July's Real Simple. And I'll put a picture in the show notes because you might say, oh, that's like a general term. It's probably not beautiful enough to be framed. Well, one of them is an Aveeno ad. No, (laughs) you're such a lie. They're just very beautiful. And if I frame these and put them in the show notes, there is not a single person who would say that's an illustration or photograph from Real Simple. They've been using a lot of real art, beautiful photography. One is a field with a blue sky, beautiful wheat. Another one is a painting of a sailboat. It's painterly. It's beautiful. It's a navy colorway, which I feel like is all the rage right now. You could go online and find 20 or 30 people painting navy sailboats. And this one was from the pages of Real Simple. And I can't think of the third. Oh, it was this pretty vignette of glasses with pink drinks in them. So they could be lemonade or pink champagne. But I thought it would be cute framed and leaned on one of the shelves we're going to have in the kitchen of the beach house. So that's quite the range, right? Like for 225 plus 8 plus 1, that's how much I spent. But I got six pieces. And so I think, yeah, somewhere a dollar. 
somewhere $8. Again, you really are doing the budget on this, aren't you? I'm breaking it down. I just thought it was an interesting range. And I feel like that's always how we're doing it. We're balancing things from a, a range of sources. So I'll put links in the show notes and pictures for you guys. And also I'll include a mood board I've made of online artists I love. So I'm going to share all that at younghouselove.com slash podcast. And we still do owe you that art tour. We will do that at some point. I'm so lazy about taking all the pictures. I think it's going to be a video. I'm just going to walk around with a camera and film it and tell you guys what's what. And hopefully there won't be like a glare or something. We would just do like an Insta story, but then it disappears and it wouldn't like be helpful. (laughs) I know. So anyways, I'm going to get into my what's new, which is not a super happy one, I guess. A little personal update. Uh, Our poor little burger, our chihuahua, had to have some surgery recently, and he's doing okay. It was to remove a, this is, I realize sad and gross. (laughs) It was to remove a little growth, a sty or a mass, they were calling it, that was growing on his eyelid. It was like a tumor, I think. It was like something growing. I don't know if they ever used the T word, but it was. It was not a sty. It was like a mass that needed surgery and they needed to cut it out. And I think they did not call it a cyst because they said a cyst is full of pus and they could pop it. Gross. We are clearly not veterinarians, (laughs) uh, but they finally said that we should. Uh, get it removed and so we had to take him in uh, last week to have that happen and it was a little bit of an anxious thing I mean surgery always is for anyone at any time but also a few years ago he got diagnosed with a minor heart murmur I guess it's um, common in chihuahuas that are getting older he'll be 11 this year and it's not super severe like he's not on any medication for it but it's something that we've got to watch and obviously if you're going to go under they have to take some special precaution to make sure that he can get through the surgery successfully so and I was like do we have to do this? Like, can't he just have a bump on his eye? But they explained that it was getting so big and it was taking up so much of his eyelid that eventually it would affect his vision. And you get to a point where you can't do surgery because it would be resecting too much of the eyelid and then he would never have an eyelid again. And so it just was the place that it was and it was going to affect his quality of life as to why we had to do something. And his future as an Instagram dog mom. <laughs> no, I think after the surgery, he might be a little crooked now. Yeah, well, he's still healing. He's still swollen. He's a little winky. I would have left it if we could have, but he's very cute also recovering because he walks around looking like he's in Amsterdam, just giving you like a low level, like hazy wink. He's in Amsterdam. He's just like, he looks a little bit stoned to me. Is that, <laughs> is that bad? Everyone who lives in Amsterdam. He's in is Colorado. Like, <laughs> he's in Washington, D.C. One of the many places. People from Amsterdam listening are like, we're not all stoned. I don't mean that. I just mean once my grandma went to Amsterdam and she came back with an Amsterdam shirt and then she got shingles and it made her wink because it was closing her eye and the whole family was like, grandma and that wink's looking like she's having the best time in Amsterdam. So this is a very specific personal reference <laughs> to share. It is a personal reference. Okay, but moving on, we got some updates for you guys. So the first update is an important one. It's from episode 54, where I was talking about how I needed a new grown-up bag. So he didn't look like a schoolboy with yeah, his Jansport anymore? my orange Jansport. And <laughs> wow, uh, you guys have a lot of good suggestions. There are... All the opinions about bags. And it was awesome to get all that feedback because it was like crowdsourced information. Seriously, I should just leave all of my wardrobe choices up to you guys. Because <laughs> we got so many replies and so many suggestions that it was super helpful. The two most popular suggestions were either uh, from Timbuktu or the one I ended up buying. Yes, I did make a decision and it just arrived yesterday. 
is one from eBags. So they were similar in price range and construction, but the eBags one sort of tipped the scale because it was super well-reviewed. It has over 3,500 five-star reviews on their website. Not 350, 3,500 five-star reviews. People love this bag and you guys showed us that. We heard from so many of you about it. So this eBags one I got is called the Professional Slim Laptop Backpack. And I got it in the heathered gray color. Uh, so it is a sort of neutral gray, but it's orange on the inside. So it has kind of a, it's a an nod. ode yes. to the orange Jansport, you guys. It's always going to be with him. And it's listed on their website for $199, but that's slashed out and it's marked down to $107. But I got it when it was on sale. So my final price with free shipping was $86. Bucks. I haven't really got to road test this yet because we haven't gone anywhere. I guess our first business trip probably will be that one to the HGTV magazine block party next month, maybe. So you guys, if you come to that on you August 21st. You might see the e-bag, you guys. You can just remember, it's the day of the eclipse. We'll be missing the eclipse because we'll be in a plane. I know. Maybe we'll see it from the plane. Yeah, how many people get to see a partial eclipse from a plane on their way to New York? I think that would be cool, actually. Anyways, so I haven't really used all these pockets, but I like that it has an actual laptop sleeve in it that's padded, so I don't actually have to use my laptop sleeve in the bag. And it's got a, actually a special iPad sleeve as well, if I had an iPad. <laughs> Maybe I should get an iPad. I, I knew know. that's where this is going. There's an Alexa sleeve for my Alexa. <laughs> exactly. Now I need to get a, a Nest doorbell. Oh, there's a special place for an Apple Watch. Jeez, all the things <laughs> I have to get for this bag now. Um, it actually, it does have this nice kind of hard compartment on the bottom where you can put like sunglasses or a charger, like it's rigid and it won't get crushed. So anyways, there's just lots of... Uh, ways that you can organize your stuff in it. So I'm very excited to use it. And I also like the fact that it is a backpack. I wanted a backpack just so I could be totally, you know, hands-free and not have a messenger bag at my hip either. But if I ever wanted to look a smidge more professional, you can tuck the backpack straps into a compartment and carry it like a briefcase. I like it because you don't look like you're a businessman. Like it's not super dressy or yeah, it's not posh. a briefcase. Yeah, but it's a nicer fabric. It's thick. It looks well made. And on you, it's kind of like, it just looks like it hasn't looks lived for 15 tailored, years. tailored, a little bit crisp. <laughs> Who knows, maybe over time. But right now, it's looking great. So thank you guys again for all those suggestions. Um, I'll have to think of what else I need your help buying for me. And speaking of crowdsourced or things that we hear from you guys, we got such funny messages from you about what you do while you're listening. We love hearing those. There were some especially good ones lately, so I'm just going to share them. They're getting upgraded from being in the outro to in the episode. Well, this one is too good. This girl named Lindsay on Instagram messaged me and said, I always listen to you guys while I'm showering and getting ready for the day. And one day I was listening and I got out of the shower and the podcast was on and my husband called and I had mentioned I was just getting out of the shower and then he heard John's voice and he said, who's that man talking? <laughs> oh, he called like the phone? Like yes. House. And she's like, oh, nothing. I'm getting out of the shower. And there's like a man's voice in the background. And so she had to explain that that she was listening to the podcast. And he believed her, but he teased her yes. about it for a little while. Lindsay and I have not met. <laughs> I was not there. I probably was not talking about something very uh, You're probably talking about hats in the background. Right. And he's like, who is that man? <laughs> Sorry to alarm you, sir. <laughs> And then another girl on Instagram named Secretine said that she was listening to the podcast and her four-year-old daughter walked in and said, wait a minute, is that Ken and Barbie? <laughs> <laughs> to which I was like, you know, people think we're Tom and Jerry. Yes. Now they think we're Ken and Barbie. Did she think I was Man Bun Ken is the real question. I hope she did not think you were Man yes. Bun Ken. Which of the many different forms of Ken did I sound like? I feel like you're like original blonde Ken from the beginning. Oh, really? I don't 
could be man bun Ken. Is there one with a beard? Maybe your new beard. I was going to say, maybe. I'm a little scruffier than Ken tends to be. You're like Ken, but he doesn't have highlights. He has like a gray streak in the front like you. I'm prematurely aging Ken. (laughs) Well, the other thing that we heard from someone recently, we've actually heard this a few times, is do you guys know that if you listen on Apple Podcasts that you can change the speed of playback? Like on like the bottom left side of the screen, it usually says 1x, which means you're playing it at one time speed, but you can tap it and it'll go one and a half times or two times if you want to play it faster because some people like to do it faster so they can get through more podcasts. Me fast is not useful. I don't (laughs) think anyone should speed us up. We're already fast enough. But also then if you tap it again, it does half speed. And so it plays us slower. And that, my friends, is where the real entertainment is. Yes. We've heard of some people who have done that accidentally. And someone who once did this dubbed it Drunk House Love. Never has there been a truer title. That's exactly what it sounds like. We're slow. And my laugh is like, ha, 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 ha. It sounds like we just went on a trip to Amsterdam with Sherry's grandma. (laughs) My grandma was there. Burger was there. We all had a good time. So uh, we're going to play a bit of it for you just so you can hear the beauty of Drunk House Love. It's feeling good. It's feeling like it's going to look like a house. Maybe by the time we actually put the show notes together, there'll be a picture that has drywall in it. Maybe a video tour of me screaming. Like you'll have to turn the volume off because I'll be so excited and annoying. You can't listen to my voice in that state. That may be how some people just feel about this podcast in general. <laughs> you're welcome for that, you guys. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. We actually were going to use that as an April Fool's podcast if April Fool's had been on a Monday to just punk you all and, and be make like, it. We had some margaritas. Right. Now we're recording and we just play it at half no, speed. No, it just, it just be the beginning and be like, I'm John. And I'm Sherry. We like talking. Do our voices go deeper? I don't think so. It's probably oh, no, just probably like, doesn't. we like that just went up. <laughs> Incapable speaking at my own meter or tone when imitating myself. So if you ever want some entertainment, just tap that speed button a little bit and you can listen to us in half speed. Do I turn into Heidi Klum when it happens? We like talking. <laughs> no, you don't get an accent from it. That wasn't even a good one. Guys, I can do a good Heidi Klum. I have to practice. I'll get back to you. Well, while you work on that, I have a game for you. So guys, did you know that if you go to the HGTV website, there's a section called Be on HGTV that has a list of all the shows they are casting for. And so there are things like, are you buying a fixer-upper in Waco, Texas? That's funny that they even have to look for people to do that because you'd think they'd be banging down their doors. Uh, But strangely enough, everything is phrased as a question. And so I have a list of some of the questions that are (laughs) asked here. And you have to tell me as we go which ones are real and which ones are fake. You ready? <laughs> yeah, I like this. Let's do it. These are maybe real questions from the Beyond HETV website. Are you planning to live in a barn but don't know where to start? <gasps> That's for the, so you bought, we bought the barn. We bought the farm. We yeah, bought the barn. We bought the farm. That's real. That is real, but it's for a show called Building Off the Barn. Oh, I guess because living on a farm is different than living in a barn. Yeah. I see the distinction yes. now. <laughs> Next. Are you a new real estate agent in Illinois that works in a fun, high-energy office environment? Uh, yeah, they like realtor shows. Are you a high-energy realtor? This is fake. It is fake. 
<laughs> felt like that was more of a Bravo show than an HGTV show. <laughs> it was. If everyone listening does not watch Bravo Flipping Out, you have got to. It is my absolute favorite decorating show, even though it has a lot more to do with personalities and clashing than actual decorating. It's a lot closer to Real Housewives, which is why I sure it, like it. It's why I like it. It's the Real Housewives, but the decorating version. You are hijacking my game. Sorry. Next. Do you need rescuing from a contractor who's badly botched your kitchen renovation? Yes. It's got to be called... No, is it fake? Your face looks like I'm wrong. I gave it away too early. It's fake. Oh. I was going to name the show and it was going to be like, Kitchen Comeback. Uh, That sounds like a real show. Are you living in Hawaii and thinking about living in a yurt? Oh. Yurt? I would believe in a yurt show, but I don't know if they'd confine it to Hawaii unless they're looking for a Hawaii like person to make it a diverse yurt show. A lot of stalling. Uh, it's fake. It's real. Oh. For a show called Love Yurts. Love Yurts. Oh, Love like, Yurts. Love Yurts. Yeah. Are you turning a shipping container into the perfect wilderness getaway for your family? That is true because shipping containers are all the rage. It could be a house. It could be a pool. I've seen lots of people do things with shipping containers. But it is not a real show. Oh. That is fake. But have you guys seen those pools? What are those called? Mod, mod. pools. Yes, there it is. <laughs> like yeah. mod shod. I, you know what? I could get on the mod pool train. Yeah, John wants a mod pool. I want a real pool that's in ground. We'll see who wins. You can put a mod pool in ground. I read that last night. Oh, really? You can dig it in? Mm-hmm. Okay, then we're getting a mod pool. Stay tuned. They need to make them half size because then I'd put a little mod pool at the beach They house. have two sizes. I was researching oh, last night. Oh my goodness. You guys are getting a mod pool twice. We're getting one at the beach house and one at our house. Soon this will be an installment of John said no. <laughs> Side note, if you don't follow that on Instagram stories, it's my favorite new segment where I show a picture of something I want and then John's face when he says no to me. John says no a lot, so it's going to be a reoccurring series. Okay, once again, the game has been hijacked. <laughs> we have two more. Have you acquired a school bus and are looking to convert it to your next home on wheels? These would all make good shows. Yes, that's real. That is a real show. And it's called? It doesn't have a name yet. Oh, I was going to make up the best name. Or at least they didn't disclose it. Hold on. Let me think of one. I would call it Bust a Move. Oh, I was going to say Bus House or Bust. We both went on the bus thing. We went on the bus thing. (laughs) And last one. Are you purchasing an abandoned castle and turning it into a fairy tale home of your dreams? I believe it. Yes, it is. You know what it sounds? It sounds a little TLC to me, though, if I'm being honest, on the network. But maybe HGTV is going to do it. What is it? It doesn't have a name on the site yet. Oh, okay. They are looking for people who've purchased an abandoned castle, I guess. (gasps) Grown ups and tiaras. (laughs) you guys when do you watch that well i will put a link to the be on hgtv page in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast so that you know if you're interested in being on any of these shows there's information on how to apply there's also other ones in there as well and if you guys get on it let us know what the real deal is because we all know there's like behind the scenes stuff and we're investigative journalists slash podcasters like, do you really love yurts? Yeah. <laughs> Did they force you to buy yeah. a yurt? <laughs> Were you just faking your love of yurts for the camera? Well, that, I always wonder if those people in tiny houses in the update, sometimes in the update, they seem like they really don't like it. There were, for the record, a lot of tiny house ones. Well, next up, we thought we would talk to you guys a little bit about some design neuroses that we both have, because we were talking with our contractor at the beach house the other day, and we realized that we get particular about some weird things when it comes to the decor and the design of our house and our, I guess, our beach house. Um, You know, they're not necessarily things like decorating rules that are right or wrong, but things we just get like a little bit neurotic about, I guess. And we're saying neurotic with an N. Yes. A few weeks back, I did a We're Digging About a Bathing Suit, and I said it was a neurotic update, and people heard an erotic update. But it's neurotic, as in there are things that make me itchy, and I just don't like them. But it's my own neuroses and I see that. They're not design don'ts. So don't take any of this as, oh, but I like that and you don't. So I'm wrong or someone's right. It's just 
my weird particularities, and John has them too, which I is have, funny. I have them too. So let's uh, let's own up to them, Sherry. Let's start with you. So the first thing is that I have like an aversion to diagonals. Things on diagonals. I don't know if something happened to me as a child in a room with a, you were attacked by a diagonal, a diagonal rug or something. But like people who place the bed on the diagonal or the rug on a diagonal, or a perfect example is our contractor was talking to us about optimizing a room's floor plan in a bathroom, and he was like, "Okay, we can do the shower door on this side or this side, or we can do one of those fancy diagonal doors, the, the, like corner entry." And I was like, "No." Yes, Sherry had like a physical reaction. <laughs> it was like to a it. visceral like, reaction. How dare you suggest this to me and we're really good friends with the contractor now so there's not a lot of dancing around something like we won't go oh that's a good idea well and he knows to expect this from us he we're, we're buddies we Mostly talk you we talk in gifts now like we'll send each other gifts of someone rolling their eyes or saying no or or jumping up and down and laughing well and i think the place that your hatred of diagonals and things on angles really came to a head was actually back when we did that show house the homorama show house we you know got to stage and decorate the whole house but it was was open to the public every day so they also had like cleaning people come in and sort of fluff things and wipe the floors and make it look good for the next morning and there was a particular person who cleaned who liked to come in and set like all the trays or the books or the picture frames just a little bit askew on all the surfaces. She loved angles, guys, and I don't like angles. I don't know if that even makes sense to you, but on surfaces, I don't even like angles. So if you take the top of a coffee table, I'll place a stack of books, but they will be parallel to the corner of the coffee table. They'll line up with the lines of the table. When I do a dresser and I put a frame on the end, I don't angle the frame in on the end. I know people who do. My mom does it. Oh, yeah, like across a mantle, like you all kind of like face. To the center. People will tilt things on like a 45 degree angle towards center. It's just not my thing. I think it's just your sort of like need for order and organization. I think I like when things line up, which leads to my next disorder. Yes. Right. <laughs> my next problem is that I am probably more into symmetry than 99% of the population. Like I really, really like symmetry. And so when we were planning the beach house, there were extensive conversations about symmetry. An example is we're doing a breakfast nook in the back of the house. And my only stipulation for this room was I want the window to line up with the pendant, which lines up with the doorway. Like I want every single thing. So if I take a shot from the doorway and you see the table, you see the pendant centered over the table, you see the window centered behind the pendant. Which does not seem like a hard thing to do, except there was an existing doorway to this space. And it was like two inches off center. It was center. like an inch and two thirds off. It was really negligible. And there was an existing stud. And so the contractor was like, ah, it's close enough. He was like, I have to move the whole header, get a new header board for an inch and a quarter or an inch and three quarters. Is anyone going to notice? And I'm like trying to mediate. I was like, well, Sherry, I know like, you know, the photo would be prettiest straight on, but you could just stand at a slight angle. No one's going to notice. <laughs> and guess what happened, you guys? I gave in. Yep. We decided an inch and three quarters was not worth all that time, money, and effort. Yes. I am sure that we walk around many, many spaces that we perceive to be centered because the discrepancy is not large. Right. And so what I hope is that an inch and three quarters is actually a very, very small discrepancy and the other two things lining up perfectly will just make you feel like yeah. it all lines up. Well, and sort of in a similar vein, if I may point out another one of your neuroses. Go for it. Is I think you are really particular about sight lines and sort of what falls within your visual field. I, yeah, I do definitely think that way. And I think I've thought like that since I was little. I remember in my room when I was a kid, I had a pet net. Do you guys remember this? It's basically a well, mesh like a hammock, hammock yeah. for your stuffed animals. 
And it was in a corner you didn't see when you came into the room. And I kept campaigning to my mom that we should move the pet net so when I walk in, it's the first thing I see. So I just think these are things embedded in my being well before I started photographing rooms and sharing them on the internet. But I do care about sight lines a lot. I think an example would be when we were planning our kitchen renovation, we talked a lot about different places to put the dishwasher and the fridge. And in one iteration, both the dishwasher or the fridge were going to be to the right of the sink. And what that means is that when you walk in the front door, you would see a dishwasher or a fridge. And I just was like, I cannot have that. I know there's a way that we can do this where we don't have to compromise and put the fridge or the dishwasher there where you see it from the front door. I just knew. And now when you walk in the front door, you just see cabinetry, a really pretty cutting board leaning up against it. And so I do think that is a good tip. I'm not saying be neurotic about it. And by all means, you can definitely put things on diagonals if that's your jam and not be so crazy about symmetry. But I do think sight lines is a good tip. Well, that concludes our segment because I'm no, not neurotic about anything. John has a really weird one. You guys, his eyes see things that my eyes don't. So yeah, I'm really particular about undertones and color temperature. Like lighting wise. Yes, especially when it comes to lighting. So it's kind of funny that this has become my quirk because when I got my first job in advertising up in New York, I remember distinctly looking at a light table with one of the art directors, you know, the people who are in charge of making sure all the photography and ads look the way they're supposed to. And he was saying like, no, that color is a little bit too warm. And this is a little bit too cool. I could not see a thing of what he was talking about. I just my entry level brain was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, sure. But now fast forward, you know, 10 years later or so, I totally see what they're talking about when something looks a little bit too red or a little bit too blue. You know, for instance, if you ever edit a photo like an Instagram or even in your iPhone, you can change that color temperature bar to be cooler or warmer and it either makes it more kind of yellowy red or kind of blue green. I am sensitive to that in photos. Maybe this comes from editing photos a lot. But in real life... No, in real life, you're much more sensitive. Yeah. Like, even if in a photo it looked fine, John will change a light bulb if he thinks it's too blue. Well, I don't know if I go that far. He's a light diva. I just make sure I have the right light bulbs in the first place. Um, you've made me return bulbs that you didn't well, like I the have. temperature. I have. Well, so that's the thing that plays out in real life is because I really like the cool kind of white light of natural daylight that you get when your lights are off and it's a sunny day. But obviously you can't have that all the time because then you would live in darkness when the sun goes down. So they do sell light bulbs that mimic that, you know, those daylight bulbs. I hate those. (laughs) They look very fluorescent to me. They make a room look cold in a way that I don't see when we're looking at daylight. Like when I'm looking at our kitchen right now in the bright daylight, it does not look cold to me. It looks- Doesn't look blue. Yeah, it looks beautiful. But if it were nighttime and we put all those daylight bulbs in, it would look like, I don't know, sterile and almost like hospital-like to me. John's eyes, guys, he has special eyes. I had this conversation with our electrician once because he was saying how much he liked those. And I was like, I cannot do that. Like we, (laughs) I like me a soft white. Like, I don't know if this is my pet net, like from my childhood. (laughs) It is. Maybe you had a soft white in your room and you don't like any other light. So once the sun goes down and we have to rely on the artificial light, the lamps, I love that warm glow that you used to get from kind of those old iridescent bulbs. And so I'm glad that we have found these LEDs that mimic that because I think it just makes a space look like cozy and warm. But you cannot tolerate an Edison bulb. No, no, that's too warm. <laughs> See what I mean, you guys? And this is the weirdest part is I can't stand when they mix. Like actually right now is giving me anxiety because <laughs> we uh, before we started recording, it was kind of overcast. So I turn all the lights in here in the living room on. 
And since then, the sun has come <laughs> out. And so now this room is like a lot of warm artificial light mixed with the cool daylight coming in. And it's just not good looking. But guys, I'm in the same room. I'm looking around. No distinguishable difference for me. Like it looks like a room with some no. lights and some daylight. Look at that corner. See how nice that looks. And then this corner where we have the lamp on. And in the middle space, it's like, what is going on there? It just looks all muddy. Um, it looks like a gradient to me. It's light where the light is and it's dark well, where the light isn't. I don't like it and I really want to get up and turn these lights off. <laughs> it's a gift and a curse. <laughs> it's a burden you have to bear. Right. <laughs> exactly. Feel bad for me, everyone. And I'll actually put a link in the show notes to our very favorite LED bulbs. We replaced our entire house with them almost a year ago, maybe over a year ago. I have not changed a single light bulb in a year. I'm sure there are other things that we are both neurotic about. Um, not erotic about. <laughs> yes, we are. None. <laughs> No, 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 erotic about. Uh, I can't think of any right now, but I'm sure they will come to me. Yeah. And if you guys have funny ones, just comment on Instagram or Facebook because we'd love to hear what makes your eyes hurt when you see it. Yeah. Okay. And next up we have we're digging. But first, John has to turn off all the lamps. Yep. And we're going to take a quick break. This week's episode is brought to you by Thomas Avenue Ceramics, where you can shop tons of beautiful tile for your home without actually having to leave your home. And as someone who falls hard and fast for pretty things very quickly, especially when they're shiny, I was really curious to hear if the guys behind Thomas Avenue had any secret favorites. Of all the tile that you guys sell, do you guys have a favorite? This is like picking your favorite child, I'm sure. Yeah, sure. That one's hard. We are constantly launching new products and you come to find out, oh, I love this. Uh, Our aspect glass is beautiful because it offers multiple formats within a simple mesh. Also, I personally love Gilded Ornate, which is a great dimensional classic look, but offers a little bit of pop that you don't see and you won't see it anywhere else. Maybe I'll look through your tile and I'll put 10 of my favorites on your guys' website and so people can go over there and see my 10 favorites. That would be greatly appreciated because you have better taste than I will ever have. (laughs) So yeah, head over to thomasavenueceramics.com slash YHL to see the 10 favorite tiles I picked, including one that has completely changed my feelings about the Chevron trend being over. It is so beautiful. And while you're there, don't forget to use the code YHL20 to get 20% off your next tile order. That's all at thomasavenueceramics.com slash YHL. Doesn't the room feel nicer now that it's been reset to just like neutral, natural daylight? It feels exactly the same to me, except slightly darker. It is slightly darker. (laughs) But now I can play the word digging music without feeling uncomfortable. Many of you have told us that you read The Kind Worth Killing. Remember the Young House Love Book Club that we started and mentioned (laughs) one book in a year of episodes? That's not true. We've mentioned lots of books. That's true. But this was like a nonfiction, had nothing to do with home. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was a fiction book. Fiction had nothing to do with home. It was just like sort of a thriller drama. It's called The Kind Worth Killing. It's a a while ago we recommended it. It was something we both read and loved. And I'm back with three books I love. It's an author I'm obsessed with. So anyone looking for more thriller, exciting, murder mystery type books. Some fun beach reading. Exactly. And one is going to sound like I'm behind the trends, but I really read this book like four years ago. But I'm a huge fan of Leanne Moriarty. Anyone who knows Big Little Lies, that's a huge TV hit. Anyone who asks me, are you watching Big Little Lies? I say, I read the book a really long time ago. And then also, I don't currently have HBO, so no. <laughs> the answer is, have not watched the series, but love the books. But I know what happens. Like, I think a lot of the thrill of the series was not knowing who done it, and yeah. I knew who done it. And she already spoiled it for me, everyone. <laughs> I ruined it for John by accident in talking about the book before I knew it was going to be an HBO series. But... 
She has other books that I've absolutely loved. My favorite from her is probably what Alice forgot. It's a woman who loses her memory and has to reconstruct things that happened. It's gripping. And the other one I love from her is The Husband's Secret. Well, I don't like that idea. (laughs) It's really good. There's a very secretive husband. It's fun because you can call some of the twists, but there's always a few more she plants that you do not call at all. And so it still shocks you, even if you think you know where it's going. Um, There's two others I want to read that are on my list. One is Truly Madly Guilty, and one is The Last Anniversary. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh, How ominous. It feels uh, apropos after 10 years with you. It's because of the husband's secret. (laughs) Well, speaking of secrets, I have a secret weapon on my computer that I am digging this week. That was a forced segue. I'll allow it. (laughs) The court rests. The defense rests. Is that how you say it? I am not a lawyer. Uh, This week, I'm digging something called Grammarly. It's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com. And what it is is an extension that you can add to your browser. So like I have Chrome and you can add it as sort of like a plug in to your browser. And it's like a spell check, but better because it does catch spell check, like give you those little wiggles under your words when you've misspelled something. But it also does it for things like word tense, punctuation, um, agreement between your noun and your... Pronoun? No. I'm forgetting my English. Agreement between your noun and your verb. English lessons with John and Jerry. Right, exactly. This is why I need Grammarly. So I like it because it is just a nice double check when you're writing an email or a blog post or even something on Twitter or something like that because it operates on most websites as just something in the background. So it will give you that squiggle under something and say, hey, you need a comma here or you should take this comma out or hey, this was past tense, but you should use present tense. Like it catches all those little things that you intuitively usually know, but you might just have a typo. And for someone who is known for his typos, it is very helpful for me. One of my most famous or infamous typos was we had to send in some answers for an interview a few years ago, and it was about couples. And so we had to send them in separately, meaning that my spell checker, Sherry, was not there to double check mine. And I had written one of the answers was what I love about Sherry is I had written, she fixes my typos. But I didn't realize till it came to print that I had accidentally had a typo in that sentence. In the word typo. Yes. So it said, she fixes my tie-ops. My (laughs) tie-ops. And I think the writer of the article thought I was being clever, but I looked back, it was just an accident. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where love yurts. You guys have been so good to us with all the reviews and ratings you've left on iTunes, so I feel a little bit bad asking again. But if you're like me, I often hear podcasters ask for a review, and I mean to go do it, but then I forget. So consider this a friendly reminder because they are super, super helpful to us. And keep telling us what you do while you listen. Like Greg K on Twitter, who was listening one week on a plane to Cancun, and then the next week on the bus to work. Womp womp. And don't forget to check out younghouselove.com slash podcast for all the bonus links, photos, and info from this episode. Like how to get cast on an HGTV show and a look at my fancy new travel bag. And a peek at all of my new artwork. Later. Bye. Young love yurts. Yeah, love, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, long love yurts. I can't say that. Young love yurts.